episode 70 of friday night counter attack we're back again uh for our last episode before our little ramadan hiatus our little ramadan break oh, i'm looking forward to this one it's something that i've kind of wanted to do around the end of the season but i know if by the end of the season it'll be irrelevant so i thought let's just get it done now um with the help of some of our fellow football podcasts from around around the globe as well we've got our, our fan favorite mj who we all know and love from ball and banter who has a ridiculous amount of knowledge of, of the Premier League so I, I like looking forward to what MJ's got for us this week as well MJ welcome to the podcast thanks for coming yeah thanks for having me Hamsman thanks for having me uh yeah I'm always happy to jump on when I can and uh yeah thanks for the nice intro as well I'll sleep with that tenner later that we agreed on it's 20 this time the rates have gone oh, up is it 20 you, okay. you see what petrol right now petrol needs Bear to be days. done it needs to be done yeah 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 no for then, but thanks anyway hams nah it's all good and mj and i have a special announcement at the end of the podcast so stick around for that as well yeah. that'll be worth listening mm-hmm. to as well and all the way from canada as well we're joined by taps so taps thank you very much for joining us uh, yeah var check podcast isn't it i forgot the, the check bit i checked it now so i'm all good check uh taps how you doing you okay no, everything is good. But before anything, I just want to say, I think with the, uh, we should put a stop to this daylight savings and this time movement because yes, 2022 has been uh, has been going forward. Like I, th- I thought it was actually April. So like, <laughs> oh, okay. like, you know, but apart from that, you know, I'm doing great. Uh, thanks for having me. Um, you know, it's my second appearance. So you know what? I think I'm now a part of the first team. So like, you <laughs> You know, not off the bench anymore. So, you know what? Uh, training with the big boys. But once again, you know, always lovely to be here. And guys, you know, talk for me. I do have to say, Taps, your episode that you joined me on, the Black History Month, that was officially our second most watched video on YouTube and is in our top five videos, um, downloads on podcasts of all time. So literally, you are kind of part of the furniture and you need to get over from Canada to join us for more episodes as well. So I do have to say thank yeah, you very I much. Yeah, I second that. Yeah, you know, like been a little, you know, injury prone, but you know, you know, put me in the center of the midfield, you know, magic happens. So, you know, lovely to hear that, guys. And definitely, you know, more appearances, guys. Uh, been working on my fitness, so definitely needs to be done. And speaking of center midfield, we've got our very own specialist center midfielder, Salim, my, my very own podcast host, who literally is here at the best time of the day. Salim, it's good to see you again, my friend. I do have to tell you one thing and one thing only, Salim. Do you know what it is? I have no idea what's coming. Keep my wife's name out your mouth. Keep my wife's name out your effing mouth. And you butchered it anyway. I butchered it. I'm going to edit it. I'm going to start again. Keep my wife's name out your effing mouth. I needed to drop it on someone. So now everyone knows that I'm married. Um, But no, that's been a funny week uh, this week, Salem, hasn't it? The fact that we've just been seeing memes after memes after memes after Will Smith and and Chris Rock as well. How you been though, Salem? You all okay? Yeah, good. Just sort of a bit late, just rushing home and stuff. It's uh, nice to meet you both as well. Nice uh, to meet you as well, Sal. Yeah, not met you before. Uh, sorry, where, where were you from, MJ? I've sort of missed that. Uh, what, as in the area? Or... Yeah, where, where are you based? Uh, London, London. Your oh, favourite nice. city. Your favourite city, Salem. Mm. Yeah, one of my favourite cities, yeah. And uh, to be what I was going to say, I might be, I'm actually looking to come to Toronto soon. So, well, I don't know where you are in Canada, but... I've oh no! Looking... Yo, to, to be honest, it's like a five-hour drive. You know, just shout me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, yo. To be honest, Toronto's where it's at. So you just let me know, and I'm there in like four and a half hours. You know, take. 
North nah, American that... North Americans love those long drives as well. Like for us in the UK, five hour drive, I'm like, forget about it. Take a train. Like, once I see two hours, it's like that's it. Two hours is <laughs> cut off. You know, that, that's it. After two hours, that, that place doesn't exist. Like it's a flight. Yeah, <laughs> literally, it's a flight. Around here, everything is like a little more spaced out. So like when I first came here, they were like, yo, five hour drives. I was like, five hours? And then now it's like a four hour drive. I'm like, oh. That's like really that that's 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 amazing that because I, I sort of do a two-hour drive when I go to Birmingham and back from Yorkshire and like I don't find it long like I'm used to doing this two hours but if it's anything over that like you know even if it's two hours and 15 I'm like whoa that's far but you know I, I know my two hours but no no I, I don't know how you do it but you know respect where it's due oh I'm, I'm mostly passenger seat <laughs> oh and then uh, it's easy he's smart I'm, I'm, I'm he, knew what, he knew what he was talking about from the beginning he did definitely Oh man, we always driving to be honest, so can't can't reflect on that like that way. That's why I needed that twenty from MJ. I need to fill up for the weekend as well. <laughs> so much driving coming up as well, <laughs> ridiculous. Even even contemplate driving to work or just walking to work. I'm like, I'm still too lazy to walk to work. I have to drive. The fuel is there. The fuel is there. Oh <laughs> man, but no, everyone, thanks very much for joining the podcast today. It's great to have all of you here today. Um, Will Smith and Chris Rock has clearly taken up the whole news from whatever's happening in the footballing world. So. Uh, it's so funny this week because I was at university and we were a little staff versus students uh, tournament and our team name was Get Will Smith in terms of we're just going to bitch slap everyone. Again, I did swear on the podcast. So I do apologise about that. But we bitched slapped a couple of teams and it was quite fun um, going forward as well. Salem's never heard me swear before so he's quite, he's quite shocked by my appalling behaviour. Ah, I must have had football or something like that. <laughs> you see me on, the, on GoPro recordings as well when I've been swearing as well. So. It's crazy, but no, I'll bleep it all out and I'll get rid of that whole butchered keep my wife's name out of your effing mouth thing as well because I can't get that out of my mind. I'm sorry, I just can't get that out of my mind as well. I thought it was, um, I thought it was like a, I thought it was like a... Publicity stunt. Yeah, I thought it was like a, a play. I thought they were just, just doing a skit and then mm. I slept, I woke up and I'm just like, oh, so he slapped... Yeah, that actually happens. Oh, yeah. No. It wasn't a stunt man there. Definitely wasn't a stunt man there. Crazy. <laughs> Ah, but no, everyone, we are still a football podcast. We are still talking about the Premier League today. And literally, it's a Premier League review. We're doing it a couple months earlier than what most people would do because we're off for a month, for, for six weeks because of Ramadan and our little break as well. So we're just going to get into it. And the, fi- the, the way we're going to do it is we're going to go fixture by fixture over the weekend. So we're not going to go from like A to W in the alphabet. So we're going to go every fixture and we're going to be talking about all the teams that have been playing this season, how good they've been, what kind of rating you'd give them in terms of like a grade A to F um, in terms of how they've been playing, their best plays, their worst plays, their best signings, their worst signings, all of that. We're going through that today. And I'm looking forward to seeing um, contrasting opinions from everyone. So I'm looking forward to this today because we've got a variety of um, hosts that we've got as well, which is great. MJ, start us off. Liverpool versus Watford, 12.30 on Saturday. What are your thoughts on Watford this season? I know you're probably the closest one of us to Watford. But yeah. what are your thoughts on Watford this season? And do you re- do you reckon they have a chance of staying up, or are they gone for the season again, uh, back to the championship? With Roy Hodgson in charge, I think they've got a decent chance. They've got half a chance, better chance than what they did with the previous manager. Uh, however, I think this game, uh, I can't see them get anything from this game. Uh, I think Liverpool, uh, they need to win. They have to win, and I think they'll win quite comfortably in the end, especially at Anfield. If I was to give you a prediction, I'd probably say three 0 But yeah. I'd, uh, Unfortunately for Watford, I think they've got a decent chance of staying up, but I think this game has been too tough for them. Yeah, it'll be a, it'll be a tough game. Like it's been a tough season for them all year round as well. The only player, the only team I've seen them not have a tough time against is Manchester United, which is quite Imagine worrying. That. 
yeah, yeah. Home and away, they've taken four points away from us as well, which has been embarrassing to say the least as well. Um, but Salim, how do you see Liverpool's chances of actually finishing the league as champions this season as well? Because we mentioned it on and off for the whole season, Man City, Chelsea, Liverpool. But Liverpool yeah. are really in the, in the driving seat, I think, with, in, terms of, in terms of momentum, in terms of the games and the fixtures that they have as well. Um, but how do you kind of see that, Salem, going forward? And do you think Liverpool have made a really good sign in this season? Maybe one of the best signings this season in, in Luis Diaz. See, that's the thing. Like, I, I've, I've just got this feeling that Liverpool will win the title, even though, like, I know Man City were quite far clear, but I've never seen a team sort of claw back on Man City like this. And obviously, they're both going to play each other. And I, I just, I, I think Liverpool have finally got that depth in the front three, which is something they've really struggled for in terms of, like, strength and depth, which is something they've got now. But yeah, I mean, I, I just have this feeling that Liverpool's going to catch up and sort of do it. But I feel like Man City sort of care more about the Champions League. That's why. Yeah, I think they've got a, an easy... They've both got easier games. Atletico Madrid against Man City and Benfica versus Liverpool respectively as well. And the fact that you mentioned as well that they're both in um, the top, literally separated by a point, I think. And they're both in the FA Cup semi-finals as well against each other. Is it against each other? It's against each yeah, other, isn't it? it is. Semi-final. Literally, they could be fighting on all three fronts for the rest of the season, going for the FA Cup, going for the Premier League to the final day, as we've seen them do over the years as well. And realistically, they could be both facing each other in the Champions League final as well because of the size of the draw that they're on as well, which is incredible. Um, but Taps, just to finish off on this little um, fixture that we have over here, do you see any redemption um, for Watford this season in terms of have, have you seen any bright moments from them this season? Any players that have kind of stuck out for you in terms of they've actually been a shining light and they could end up staying in the Premier League, signed by another team? Do you see anyone kind of like that? Yeah, they've got a couple of... Oh, sorry. Uh, no, you can go. It's fine. It's fine. Oh, yeah. Um, so, um, to be perfectly honest, I it all starts with Dennis. Yeah. In my opinion, Dennis, mm. like, he's, he's the key. To be honest, like, every single game I've seen him play and Watford play, even though they play terrible, he always has a good game. It now, to be honest, if Ishmael saw like Josh King and the other attackers can at least, you know, put in some sort of a fight, because to be honest, it's like after the 30th minute, they're done. And um, the defense and the center midfield, it's like if Cleverly is one of your top choices at this age and day, it's not really looking good. Mm. So to be honest, they if they can... I actually also, like, to be honest, I, I don't think they have any chance against Liverpool. Once again, like, I would say they might score a goal. But if they can score a goal first and play on the counter, it might be the start to the great escape, as you said. But they have enough quality up front. It's just uh, the defense just has to hold, uh, hold shut. I don't think they would. So I think it's just how many goals, who scores more. So Dennis, I think he has nine goals in, in, the, in the league already. Uh, I think eight, nine, like in, uh, I think in all competitions, he's de- definitely double figures. And playing for that Watford team, that says something. <clears throat> you know what? He's trying to push. He, the, the other attackers just need to get on board. That's basically it. So they, all, they have to put a shift in against Liverpool. If they put a shift in, there's a shining light. But if they go down, then I think everyone else is just thinking about, okay, where am I moving to this summer? That's what I think it is. So yeah. It is Burnley, Burnley and, below them have got like two games in hand as well against them, I think, as well. So they're only. Literally, they could claw their way back up as well, which would be crazy. But um, before we go into like our final ratings of Watford and Liverpool, Watford going up or, or staying up or going down? What's everyone saying? Taps, staying up or going down? 
I'm I'm saying staying up. I just like the attack too much. I'm saying staying up. I'm saying going down because I don't like their defense at all. Kafka and mm. True Sokong, they are awful. Again, not against Man United. They're very good against Man United for some reason. Kafka, former Man United player. But I think their defence have been awful. They've been shoddier under different managers. Um, yeah, I think Watford are going down and it's going to be good to see them go down and hopefully get a fresh team coming up because it's always nice when you get a fresh team like Brentford coming up and someone you haven't seen before with a different style of play. Salim, what were you saying? Watford, th- up or down? I think they'll go down as well, to be honest. Hmm. It'll be good to see them. Um, hopefully just refresh some of their change in their change room as well because they've got so many old players that have been there and done that for a period of time as well. Um, but yeah, for Watford, in terms of ratings, I'd probably give them, I'd say an E, give them an E. E would be the one. Taps, what would you say? E? To be honest, yeah, I'm going to give them a D. And D. it's just like, because like the attack is too good to be this terrible, but you know, with the defense... I think they, they should have been like 15, 16, so D. Yeah, definitely. Salim, what, what grade would you give them? What a to F, yeah. Uh, probably like F. Like how many managers have they been through this season already? Oh, that's yeah. true. So many. I, I, I feel like this thing about sacking managers, like it's like that, that badly as well. Like, you know, I, I don't like their model. So yeah, something like that. I would give what for the rating of... A to F. Probably, probably uh, E. I'll probably e. give them an E. Um, I think they're going down. Just looking at the table, uh, Everton above them, only three points above them, but Everton's got two games in hand. Mm-hmm. I know games are in hand, they're not points, but I can't see them overcoming, really. They've only won six games all season, and then to expect them to win about another three or four in the last nine games, I think it's too much to ask. Definitely. No, I'm, I'm, I make that make that a full sweep of E's and F's as well, which is great. Now for Liverpool. Liverpool for me, uh, champions or no champions, I'm going to go for Liverpool as champions. I think they've got it in them to be the champions. And I think Liverpool and Man City are probably the only two teams I would say that I'd give an A star to this season because I think they've been absolutely phenomenal. And as you all know, I'm a Man United fan, so it pains me to say that. But it's become normal now, isn't it, Salim? It's literally one of those things that I'm just kind of there, like on every podcast where we're chatting about the Premier League, it's literally just there, like, oh, they're just good. They're just so good. They're incredible. And you can't do anything about it. You have to sit back and applaud, which is the case. Salem, what are we going for? Liverpool for the title or no? Or are they going for um, something else that like you said? A Liverpool title, to be honest. You're going to give them an A as well, Salem? Um, yeah, just purely based on how they've caught up the gap. Because I, I know it, it's like when you've got games in hand and stuff, or mm. it's still not the same as points on the board. So I'll, I'll give them marks just because they've sort of caught up and, you know, they've, they've had AFCON as well, disrupting the season. I know the players didn't play many games there, but it's still a disruption in a sense. They had to travel out and then obviously go and play there and then come back. But yeah, they're battling on all fronts. So yeah, I'd, I'd give them a, better, a high rating, to be honest. Definitely. No, that's good to hear. MJ, what were we saying? Liverpool yeah. for champions? Uh, yeah, I think they go down to that game at the Etihad, to be honest. Um, that's going to be a cracker. That's going to be a good game. It's mm. going to be a really good game. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, I'll, give them, <clears throat> I'll say yeah for the title. Wouldn't surprise me, to be honest. And rating for Liverpool, again, I have to give them, I have to give them an A, really. Uh, I think the only thing that stops it from being an A star or A plus is because they haven't won the title yet. But... Mm. Yeah, they've done what you expect them to do and 
and the clawback that got from the City's death played really well. Definitely. That makes sense completely. And Taps just finished mm. us off going for a Liverpool title win or no? I'm thinking, yeah. I think Liverpool have enough to do it. And I give them an A star and I just say because uh, everyone's waiting for Liverpool to kind of have that season that, well, you, you see it, it's done and it's all surrounded by um, Salah and Mane. So, but once again, they're t- they t- um, in every other competition. They look like a well-oiled machine. Whoever goes in, comes out, you know, it, they just play, they play sim. He's got them look, um, working like a machine. Klopp's got them like a machine. So to be honest, I, I think I think they beat just they just beat City to the title. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to that game as well. Like MJ said, the game that literally could decide the title, the three pointer will feel like a six pointer when they're playing mm, one another well later in the season. Right now we're on to Brighton versus Norwich. So Brighton have lost the last six, so they're not in the best of forms at the moment. I've I've mentioned the fact that I'm a big fan of Graham Potter and possible. I like the way that he's been playing football, but over the last five games or so, they haven't been playing great. But obviously Norwich, um, managed by Dean Smith, the former Aston Villa manager, who got sacked earlier this season, well, lost the last five games and they're in 20th position as well. Salim, let's start with you about Norwich, because I know obviously you've got that Aston Villa connection with Dean Smith. Yeah. What are, you, what are your kind of thoughts on that? Yeah, I think that they played some good football. I think Dean Smith's been unlucky. I've seen a couple of Norwich games. I think against United at home, they were really unlucky to not get anything in that game. Mm-hmm. And there's a few other games, like they beat Watford as well, even though they had that light issue at the ground. But it, it would have been nice to see them stay up. But I feel like it's going to be one of them where he'll, they'll probably go down this season and then next season he'll rebuild in the championship and get promoted. But I think the problem is like they don't really spend money and they don't really spend it wisely. Like we we sort of give him 40 million for Buendia as it is. Yeah. But but yeah, it, it'd be nice if it'd be nice if they came back up uh and you know Dean was given some you know good money to spend and then they were able to sort of at least solidify in the in the Prem because it just seems like they're like a yo-yo team one year up and then one year down again. So it's literally yeah. like the opposite of like West Brom. One year West Brom will be up and Norwich will be down and then just vice versa, yeah. vice versa, vice versa as well. I think the other thing that that shows you is the gap between the Premier League and the Championship because, you know, like Norwich every season would come like top in the Championship. You know, they'd beat everybody. There'd be hundreds, hundred, hundred points kind of thing. And then they come to the Premier League and they really struggle. So I think it kind of shows you the size of the gap between the two leagues. Yeah. It's like you said before in one of the episodes, Salem, the fact that there should be like a middle ground between Premier League and Championship. And that's where Norwich deserves to play as well. Because they're, they're too good for the Championship, but they're not good enough. They don't rebuild better enough for the for the Premier League as well, which is the case as well. Um, but Taps, talk to me more about Brighton now. Have you seen much from Brighton this season that's really impressed you? It looks like another uh, safe finish from relegation. It looks like they're going to be safe um, for the next couple of years as well with the financial um, situation at Brighton as well. What do you kind of think about Brighton for next season? Well, they're nice. Once again, they're nicely set up for next season. But once again, I think this is a this is a well below what they're capable of. When you look at the players they have, and even the uh, from uh, from Ope, Trossard, uh, Mart, uh, Lamberty, you can go on. They have quality players in quality positions, and they've had some time to play together. And once again, Potter, like to be honest, he's a great, he's a good manager. He's a great manager. I like the way he cho- I like the players he chooses. I like the amounts they spend carefully as well. Like uh, left back uh, Kukarella. Yeah, Kukarella. Yeah. Once again, like how they pull up coops like that. It's, it, it's amazing. But, but once again, it's like towards the start of the season, 
they were they were talking a lot of smack. They were like they were up there <laughs> playing well football. Then I was just like, okay, cool. This might be the season where they they beat the teams like Everton and Leicester to being just outside in the Europa League and now Europa Conference League. Yeah. And then once again from nowhere they just they started playing like Stoke. Then yeah. it's just like it's just it's just terrible. So it's a good season, but to be honest, some of the players like Trossard and McAllister and those, it's like if a big team wants to come for them and, or a team just above them, they might think, oh, you know what, been here for like one, two seasons, it's good, but might be something better. So they set up for a good season, but it just depends on whether they lose a lot of players who want to like go to the next level. Yeah, it makes sense as well, because I feel like um, Salim and I, we always talk about Brighton, we're like, if they just had one world-class striker or really good striker in their team, their XG that we always talk about, and Salim especially talks about their XG, it just goes up and they actually score some goals. So if they had like a, a proper, a fully fit like Patrick Bamford or Callum Wilson in, in their ranks as opposed to Mopey or Danny Welbeck, they would be scoring these goals and they would be finishing these chances as well. And I really think that they would be in the likes of like seventh or eighth around the, the likes of West Ham, Wolves, Leicester, like you said, Aston Villa as well and Knight respectively. But they're just miss, missing that, um, that final third finisher really missing that penetration I think in attack which is the case um, but yeah we've still got loads of teams to go so I'm just going to ask one of you for the ratings of both these teams so MJ this is on you yep. for this little round Brighton and Norwich um, how would you rate both of these teams and if you could sign one of the players from Brighton or from Norwich for your Arsenal team next season who would it be and why right, I'll, I'll start with the last question you asked uh, Basuma I like, I like the look of Basuma I do like Trussard as well but I think Basuma will be a good fit with Partey in the middle. Yeah. Uh, with Norwich, uh, that's a tough one. Um, Pookie's just up and down. Pookie could leave. He should leave. Yeah, but no, nah, not Pookie. I know like, Lacazette and Aubameyang and, and Katie has all like, gone practically, but I still wouldn't take Pookie. Yeah. Uh, maybe, Cant, maybe Cantwell. He's not a bad player. Uh, mm. He might fit into the style of play, how Arsenal do play. So I'll say probably him. Uh, to rate both of them, I would say Norwich. Uh, unfortunately, have to be in F. I'm mm. sorry. I think they're rock bottom at the moment. I, there's nothing much more you can say. I think Sal um, summed it up pretty quickly. Uh, pretty good. Uh, yeah, that's not. Unfortunately, they're not Premier League level. Um, um, but yeah, next thing we got is Burnley versus Manchester City. So I'll start with this one. Burnley have been that team that just won't go down at all. I know they've got two games in hand at the moment. But something sneakily in my mind is telling me that Burnley, Burnley will survive this relegation battle. And I feel like it could be the likes of Leeds or Everton um, that could be one of those teams that go down ahead of Burnley. Because Sean Dyke has been there and done that over the course of, what, five, six years of being in the Premier League as well. But they do have a tough game against Manchester City. They have only won three games this season, the least of all the Premier League teams this season as well. And realistically speaking, I think it's, it would be great to see Burnley go down, but I don't think that it's going to happen anytime soon. Taps, talk to me about Burnley. And is there any way that Burnley can actually survive the season or do you think they're going to do one where they just survive one again last game of the season or something like that? What do you think, Taps? As much as I hate to say it, man, I want to see Burnley go down. But <laughs> they have 9, 10, 12 lives. And, to, and this is the, I would say, out of all the seasons, this is the, the season where he has the best technical squad, the best attacking squad, like Kone and... Um, I th- Forget uh, that big striker, that six foot five striker. Workhorse. Oh, Yo, he's a he, he's 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 a poacher. 
And you know, they have Vidra, they have like mm. so many good technical attacking players. And you know, the defense, they can shut the door. We mm. know how Burnley's defense is. So if, and only take that bit of quality. And Cornet, there was, I think, um, a time where he was like just scoring like crazy. He's been in and out mm. of form. But he's one of those players that he would just start swinging his left foot, start scoring. So to be honest, mm. I think they're going to stay up. Like, it's sad to say, but um, yeah, to be honest, once again, the worst squad, worst football. Blackburn, big Sam football with less with less flair and appeal, but it is what it is. So, but to be honest, I think they have enough. Their defense holds tight, and that and they have strikers who can score. Unlike the other teams, you see Norwich, they're well, they're done and everything. So, I think they we might see them again next season with the same kits. So. Mm. <laughs> same vibes same everything under Sean Dyke he's not going anywhere under this new ownership as well they love him in Burnley literally MJ talk to me about Manchester City I want to know about Ooh, okay. how we've all kind of been back in Liverpool for the league but do you mm. reckon Pep Guardiola has it in him to actually win probably two three trophies this season and I know we've kind of just backed Liverpool now but I really think that Pep Guardiola like Salim said will be looking at the Champions League because it's that one crown jewel that they're missing um, at the moment for them what do you think about Manchester City and the rest of the season in the Premier League for them, MJ? Yeah, no, I definitely agree with Sal. Uh, that is the missing jigsaw uh, for them. Or the missing piece in the jigsaw, should I say. Mm-hmm. Definitely, I hope they don't win it, though. Um, but yeah, that is what's missing for them. They might be concentrating more on that maybe than the Premier League. But no, you can't, you can't, at the end of the day, you can't doubt City. Uh, of course, they could win the league, definitely. Um, it's like a flip of a coin between them and Liverpool, really. Uh yeah, but I hope, yeah, I don't want them to win the Champions League, though. <laughs> it's true. A lot of people, a lot of neutral fans that I've spoken to over the season, like from England, they've been wanting Man City to win the, the league, uh, Champions League. I'm just kind of there, like, I know you're neutral, but why? And then, nah. like, oh, because Pep Guardiola plays great football. He does play great nah. football. He does. You don't want to give them that thing on you, or oh, with the European champions. That's like one thing they're missing. Keep exactly. Don't want yeah, they'll, they'll go clear. If they win that, they'll just go clear and start spending even more money and... Yeah, Harlan if they're going to get Holland and that, the yeah, old Kane, then forget about it. He's done after that. It'd be crazy. Yeah. Honestly. Mm-hmm. Salim, talk to me about your rankings for both Burnley and, and Manchester City, because I know for a fact we speak a lot about Manchester City, mostly about how they torment me over the season as well, like they have <laughs> done, and how you kind of like their style of play, which is really annoying. You can't avoid it, and it's great to watch, mm. but it's really annoying when you're against it as well, Salim. So talk to me about Burnley and, and Manchester City yeah. and your kind of ratings. Yes, yeah, so a quick part. Like, agreed. Uh, Burnley looks like the first time they'll genuinely go down. I think games in mm. obviously games in hand hasn't helped them, and there's just going to be a fixture overload because we need to play them twice as well. Uh, yes, yeah. you haven't played them once this season. No, we've not. It was a COVID uh, rearrangement, so we've not played ah, them at all. That's but, crazy. Yeah, so we still have to play them twice, and there's only like I don't know, was it eight or ten games left of the season anyway? So yeah, they've got like, eleven games tw- left. Yeah, that's it. So, so we've got them twice. So I, I, I give them like an E or an F because I know you could say it's the most technical team they've had, and the first time they've had got a player that's gone to Afcon in so Maxwell Corne. Mm. I think he's a really good player, and if they go down, um, hopefully somebody else picks him up. In terms of Man City, uh, yeah, they play some great football, and Pep did say he's not going to be here be here forever. So like he's not going to have sort of a, like a long tenure like Fergie. So that should put some of you guys at ease I'd say like the main problem was like they should have bought a striker in the summer and they shouldn't have bought Grealish as much as it pains me to say but he was a wrong player for them and you know it's not really worked out but I think they'll probably go and sign Haaland this summer and you know they'll 
just sort of he'll probably get like 40 goals next year or something like that and that would just be him warming up and settling into the Premier League as well yeah and I'd, I'd, give, I'd probably give Man City like an, an A as well but it could become a B if they don't win the title because you know they like I mean probably be lower because they've bottled such a big lead but then again like I said I think Pep probably wants the Champions League more than the Premier League yeah, hopefully he doesn't do some mm. random tactics in the final if he gets there. Playing with no CDM Just play three at the back. Play three at the back and the three at the back is like Gundogan, Fernandinho. Just yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. It needs to be done. It needs to be done. We need it for the, ban- for the banter. For the <laughs> MJ, talk to me about Chelsea versus Brentford. I know there's been a lot about Chelsea recently, about what's happened and since we've last had a, a proper episode about <laughs> Chelsea Football Club, but we won't mm-hmm. mention that because I can't be bothered <laughs> to talk about it. I don't want to feel bad about <laughs> what's happening at the moment. Um, no, that's fine. But no, talk to me more about Chelsea. Talk to me about Romelu Lukaku and talk about kind of if he was the right signer for Chelsea this season. Because at the beginning of the season when Salem mm-hmm. and I were talking and when you and I had a conversation earlier this season, I was saying Lukaku mm-hmm. is the guy to bring the title home for Chelsea. And I've been yep. proven wrong. And I'll admit I've been proven wrong because I really thought Tuchel would find a way to get Lukaku firing in the system. And he just hasn't been. It's been awful. Nope. And Salem and I are big fans of Tammy Abraham. We really didn't want him to leave. And his left arm is firing for Roma. And it's great. Hopefully he gets into that English squad in Qatar. But yeah, MJ, talk to me about Chelsea. Talk to me about uh, Lukaku and all of that jazz. Go for it. You know what? Yeah. As I have to back you on that one because at the start of the season, I probably made Chelsea favourites as well uh, based on buying Lukaku. I thought he was the missing piece. Like, I mm. thought uh, Werner obviously struggled a bit in front of goal. So I thought, yeah, getting Lukaku guaranteed goals, but it just hasn't worked out Uh to how everyone expected it to be. So it's weird. Even though Lukaku is not firing or not scoring that many goals, Chelsea still haven't lost in ages. I think they've only really lost once this calendar year. They seem to always scrape a 1-0 win or a 2-1 win and score in the last minute. They're yeah. just annoying, to be honest. <clears throat> I find them pretty, pretty annoying at the moment. Um, they've always been annoying for us, MJ. Always yeah, been annoying, man. Especially as an Arsenal well. fan. Yeah, as, as an Arsenal fan, I find Chelsea annoying. And they've always been annoying since 2003. So, mm. yeah, they've just carried on doing Chelsea stuff, to be honest. Uh, if you to give them a rating, I'll give them a C. Because they're not spectacular. They're not. They ain't good to watch, but they're just very efficient. Yeah. I think that's what you love about Chelsea as well, the fact that they are so efficient. They can scrape out these 1-0 wins with these like Jorginho mm. penalties and Thiago Silva yep. headers and all of that. And their top scorer will have like 12 in the season, but they'll still finish <laughs> third and get a Champions League win or something like that as well. On a plus note, Havertz has played really well this year. And that goal he scored, I think it was against Newcastle, when the balls mm. come out the sky, quickly controlled it and distinct it. Like, yeah, he's, he's, he stepped up this year, to be fair. I've really enjoyed watching Kai Havertz this season. Mm. It's, it's something that we always say, the fact that you get to appreciate some of these players when they're playing on form that we saw in their previous clubs as well, like we did for Bayern Leverkusen and somewhat for Germany as well, which is yeah. great. Salim, talk to me about Brentford because we were talking about Brentford last season and we were talking about how they were going to get promoted and they did. Again, we predicted it right and I thought they'd done pretty well this season, but Ivan Tony's mm-hmm. off-the-pitch antics are very <coughs> annoying to me because it's just kind of there, like it feels so ungrateful for where he is and what Brentford have done for him as well, Salim. So do you reckon they'll... I don't think they'll be taken into the relegation battle. I think they'll be safe with the last eight games to go. But what can you see them kind of doing in their second season, Brentford? Yeah, I think I think the challenge for Brentford is that second season because you've seen it with like a lot of teams like Huddersfield Towns, like an example that I use. Like that first mm. season was really good and they stayed up and then it fell apart. But I, I like the way that they play football and stuff, Brentford. The the problem is like, you know, and you've got someone like like I, Ivan Tony like disrespecting his club in that kind of manner is you know it's, it's really bad actually considering like they've given him this platform he wasn't exactly an amazing player before they signed him in that mm. sense he obviously mm. turned better 
than people expected. But, you know, a lot of it comes back to the system. I, I feel like he needs to be a bit more grateful to the club. And, um, you know, it, it's not like he's got some big reputation that he can come and say stuff. And to be honest, it doesn't matter who you play for. Like, at the end of the day, like, there's fans that, you know, paying, you know, hard-earned money, just which is obviously contributing to your wages and they're supporting you. So I think he he needs to sort of come out and apologise and, you know, show the fans respect more than anything. And even like other teams that might look to buy him, they could be like, oh, what, what what's to say he doesn't turn around and do this to us in like a year's time and start disrespecting us? So I think it's disgraceful and I think he needs to do something about it. Yeah, I'd agree as well. I think Thomas Frank has done very well over the season to manage his team and to adapt it to the Premier League from what they were playing last season as well. It's been great football to watch. May not have been the most entertaining, but it's been great to see like a newly promoted team with fresh ideas coming into this uh, league as well. Taps, talk to me about Brentford and talk to me about some of the players that you've been impressed with the most from watching them, um, if there have been any from your side. To be honest, uh, Mbepu, is that mm. how you say mm. yeah, To be honest, yeah. he, as like for Watford and Emmanuel Dennis, he's the one from his footwork for everything. Like if he's on form, they're winning the game. And, you, you, and you've seen some flashes from like, you know, Canos uh, as well. And um, Ivan Tony is, well, as I said, Ivan Tony is, as if, if he was performing on the pitch, I'd be like, okay, you can talk. But he's been subpar. Most of his goals have been from penalties. And recently he's got into good form. So I was like, okay, cool. Ericsson is coming, and to be honest, he just adds, he's the marquee. Like, he's so well to come back from his, 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 in, his uh, the heart condition. Yeah. Now he's playing Britney. So he's like, now he's the marquee, he's the link. So yeah. the other players are, are uh, as well, now they're playing about to their capability. So that's all Brentford really needed. They really needed that person right behind to give them the final quality in the third. So now they have it. So now it's unlocking. So it's all going to be. To be honest, it's going to be on Ivan Tony whether they, because I know they kind of still they're still uh, uh, quite safe from the relegation zone. But to be honest, yeah. you know we've seen all these teams; they can just lose the next four games. The other teams start having draws, and and, and they can get, slowly get dragged into it. So yeah. you know, like as you said, Ivan Tony off the pitch. Like to be honest, he's scored like five, six goals in the last few games. Mm. That's good. Shut up and play. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. So. If you stop scoring and then you like who else? Like to be honest, like no one else. No one. Scored. Like I think the other next strike is on like two goals or one goal, and it's like okay, guys. You and as really- a consistent bench warmer as well, I think he is as well. So it's literally to fit in Ivan Toby and Buembo in the system as well, which is a yeah. Key. So like it, it relies on them. And Buembo, he's always going to bring the, he's always going to bring the pace, the energy, and everything else. But it's just that he needs a little more quality now. With Ericsson giving him through balls. Ivan Tony, get in the box and shut up. That's all I'm saying. Get in the box and shut up. Literally. And what's your rating for Brentford this season? Tough. I would say, I would say to be honest, it's a C. I would say mm. they, it's just right on average. They, mm. I think they, they said as uh, the minimum or the average would be like 15 to like 14 around like lower mid table. You know what I'm saying? Definitely. So I think it's around C. Just right on the money. Uh, uh, next season, as you said, invest a little more money in the squad and all the other, like, get rid of some certain players who are not playing well and then just try and do a Brighton, do a Leicester, you know, stay steady and then push on from there. But I'll give them a C. Definitely. 
that's all we need to yeah. see really as well from Brentford just staying up and playing this kind of football as well refreshing to see right next game we've got on the weekend is Leeds versus Southampton we'll probably speed this one up a bit more as well um, Salim I'm going to talk to you about Southampton because you know you and I we've been talking about Hassan for the last couple of years since he's been in the Premier League the style of football that he has the kind of players that he's been signing um, he's got a good scouting network as well and some of the plays that he's been coming through Gineppo Ibrahim Diallo Vestergaard um, they've all kind of done well but I'm more impressed with the plays I've had this season from Liveramento to Brogia um, Carl Walker-Peters getting into mm-hmm. the England squad as well so Salim talk to me about your thoughts on really Southampton and Ralph Hassenhutl and if you, do you think he'll probably stay for another season at Southampton because I think he's a manager in demand with the kind of plays that he has and he can do a lot better than Southampton with respect I would say yeah, I think it's a bit like the Brighton situation whereby like Potter as well done like a great job, but I feel like the, the, he's limited by like the boards. I say the same with Southampton, they're sort of like a selling club at the moment and they have been for a long time. So it's always hard to progress. Hmm. Best players are leaving. Like they did well to keep Ward Prowse, but they obviously lost like Danny Ings to us. Um, yeah, again, Hutel's a good manager and I, I feel like, you know, if, if they don't really back the project and invest in him, because they're just going to end up being like a mid-table team that just survives relegation every year and maybe has like a good good win every now and then against you know one of the top six so yeah, you, you can't there's so many teams at the moment that are trying to go for that sort of that European football yeah like like Wolves are there now Everton want to be there they're miles away West Ham's done really well obviously there's us that want to be there and everyone's spending big money so I feel like with Southampton that like it doesn't look like they want to commit to that sort of thing so yeah, I can't, I can't see them sort of challenging anytime soon. Just mid-table for life, I would say, under Hasnu right now. Yeah, that's that's it. You know, like maybe a cup run or something like that. But yeah. Always want to see them on a cup. I think they got knocked out last round in the quarterfinals, which wasn't great against Man City. Yeah, they, were, they weren't lucky against Man City. Yeah. When mm. it was, they had a few chances. <coughs> I think Che Adam missed the sitter, I think it was. But yeah, they, they should have done a lot better. And what would your rating be for Southampton this season? probably just be like, you know, a C because, you know, they've not done anything special. They've stayed up considering they've sort of got rid of, uh, they've sorry lost some players. I know they've had a couple of tough seasons last few seasons, like when they lost 9-0 and stuff like that. So they yeah. just seem like, a you know, just a decent mid-table outfit. That's that's it, really. Yeah, sometimes with a trick up their sleeves against the bigger teams, like you said as well. Nicely done, Salim. MJ, talk to me about Leeds. Talk to me about Jesse Marsh, about how he's coming and replaced Marcelo Bielsa, who's played a certain brand of football um, for a lower league, um, prem, lower position Premier League team. And we've been saying for ages as well, I think you guys have been saying it on your podcast respectively as well, this, this football is great, it's fantastic to watch, mm. but is it sustainable yeah. over the last couple of years? And Leeds have probably suffered from second season syndrome, as Salim said a lot this season for us as well, in terms of they haven't really recovered properly from the, the pandemic season that we had last season as well. They haven't recovered from the pre-season properly coming into this season as well. And Jesse Marsh is kind of picking up the pieces, I would say. But what are your kind of thoughts, MJ, on Leeds United? And what would your rating be as well for them? Uh, my rating for Leeds would probably be a D. Mm. I think we probably slightly expected a bit more from them, even though, as we all said, second season syndrome can affect certain clubs. But I just think, um, I think this Leeds just needed a change, a refresh. I think the type, the players just looked like they have taken all the information they could from Bielsa in regards of the pressing, the man-to-man marking, and I think that type style of play just expired for them. And I think they just needed some, uh, something new. Yeah. Um, I think I think that win against Wolves, where they managed to come back and score three late goals, I think that was a big win for them, and that could be 
the difference keeping them maybe slightly out of the relegation dogfight compared to being involved like neck deep in it. Yeah, because I think the, the international break came at the worst time for them when their momentum just hit. Yeah, it just hit them and they're mm-hmm. like, yeah, we can go with it. And unfortunately, mm. it came at the wrong time and now have to start all over again and see how it goes going forward as well. But I think Justin Martin is a very good coach and I'd like to see him more in the Premier League if Leeds do stay up. Not Leeds' yeah. biggest fan, but I do like Jesse Marsh's style of play as well. He's done well at yeah. the Red Bull teams in Germany and uh, Austria, respectively, as well, which will be good. Yeah, to no, see. just just a quick one to add in as well. I think uh, having no Bamford and Calvin Phillips has been a big miss for them, and that's probably contributed to why they struggled as much this year as well. Definitely. Nah, that's good to hear. Taps, we're coming to you. Wolverhampton versus Aston Villa, so I'm going to get you to talk about Wolverhampton Wanderers. And I'm going to ask you a question that you may disagree with, um, may agree or disagree with the answer. But I think Jose Sarr is the signing of the season in the Premier League. Do you agree or disagree, Taps? I have to humbly disagree because, to be honest, he's in my top three, top two signings. He's mm. been fantastic. And with Rob uh, Patricio leaving, I was like, okay, well, the Wolves lost a decent keeper, but he's actually. Younger came in, fit the seam, and like to be honest, yeah, top two, top three signings. But uh, the top two, I would probably give it to Ramsdale and Diaz because I won't lie. Mm. For the first time as an Arsenal fan, I have a keeper. Since <laughs> <laughs> like Jens Lehmann all those years ago. Imagine. <laughs> you are good, but it's good. Um, when it comes to Wolves, to be honest, I give them. Uh, I'll give them a, I'll give them a a, a B minus. No, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll give them a B minus. With uh, Neto uh, going down for the season, to be honest, he's a game changer. Mm-hmm. That was mm-hmm. they've had uh, injuries here and there, and uh, like losing Adama Troy, to be honest, was you could say whatever. He was a he was one of their big plans. Just keep, give it to him and let him run. And, and uh, you know, Raul Jimenez, I know, I know it's been a while since the injury, but still, you know, you give, give, them a couple, give him a couple of years until he's sharp, sharp. Um, so I, 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 I'll, I'll give them, I would say B minus, B, B minus C plus. They've done well to, because there's a point in time, they're like, okay, Wolves, you, you guys are not doing anything. And they had a period of time where it looked like they will still be pushing and challenging and being outside of the top, the top six. Yeah. But now it's kind of settled down and and now they're playing to that kind of the capabilities. They're just missing a lot of chances and they just need, they just, I think they just need more steel. They're very flary and everything else is good football. I know they have steel, but they need steel in the set. They need steel in the right places. Dendalka needs to play every game. And yeah. then, mm-hmm. well, he needs to be consistent and then play every game. And then... <laughs> But, it's uh, one of those things as well because in the Belgium squad as well and he'll be looking to play rather centre mid or centre defensive mid but he plays centre back a lot as a right centre back um, for Wolves as well which is something odd that you see in the system at Wolves. Yeah, it's, 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 it's like um, it's like he'll experiment in too much this season like here and then they finally got it right mm. and then you know they get in and Premier League is for forms and they get in and out of form so Wolves, I mean, they're very, very good, goodly as they're very, um, they're in a good position for next season. Yeah. But this season, unless they can do something crazy and win all the other games, to be honest, I'll just say B minus would be good for all the losses they've had. Brilliant. Uh, that's good to hear, Tax. Now we're on the main part of the podcast. Salim, talk to us about Aston Villa and the season that you've had this season because everyone wants to hear what you have to say. 
you said last season, I remember that you could challenge for the league. That didn't happen. Um, this season, you said you could challenge further. And you have challenged further, but you've had a change of manager as well. So I'm looking forward to hearing your thoughts on the change from Dean Smith to Steven Gerrard and where you're looking to really go by the end of the season. You said it may not happen this year for Europe, but I know European uh, will be on the cards for next season, European football for you, Salah. Yeah, uh, I'd say it's been a tough season. It's been sort of up and down, turbulent. From the summer, we just knew, uh, so with Jack leaving, there was going to be problems. I think Dean Smith, you know, for he was quite a bright-thinking attacking coach, but he was just unable to find the balance with the new signings. I think sort of trying to play two up top was a problem as well. Yeah, um, yeah. I feel like we have made some good signings, like especially Buendia. I feel like he's quite underrated, but his numbers are like amazing. Like he's top for like chances created and stuff. I feel like getting Gerard in was the right decision, although it was sad to see Dean go. Like I wasn't sort of in the Dean out. I was sort of you know shocked when it happened. But the thing that you know a lot of people don't understand is that we've got some well, like wealthy, ambitious owners that are not going to stop at anything kind of thing. So. You know, they, they respected him for the job he did, but now, like, there's a new man there. He, he'll be given, Gerard will be given money to spend. There's a couple of positions we do need to improve. But I think the main thing is, if you think how things have gone since he's come in, it's not been that bad. Mm. Like, I remember the Man City game when we were at home. We played really well against that Man City team. I've not seen anyone, like, create 10 chances against Man City, just as an example, that is. Uh, so, yeah, I, I feel like, He's, he's, Gerard's trying to get his ideas across and the players are buying into it and if they won't they'll just be sold Yeah. so I feel like you could see we could have easily gone like how Everton have gone right now with how they chained the manager and brought Lampard in and you know they've gone on some like horrific runs so that could easily have been us because we, we, we were on the back of losing five and then Gerard comes in and you know all of a sudden we've won two and we, we saw it decide playing better but imagine we didn't win and we sort of lost another five games or didn't do as well like Lampard had done we'd, we'd you know definitely be relegated right now yeah. So I think people underestimate the job that he has done so far. And to get us in the top 10 at this point, you know, it's still progress at the end of the day. A lot of people forget where we were a couple of seasons back. West Ham's done really well, I'd say. They're like a blueprint. But I feel like going forward, once Gerard gets his ideas across, because he wants to be attacking, he wants to have possession, he wants to be taking games to like the, you know, the bigger teams. So, so yeah, I feel like if we can get a good summer, get a defensive midfielder in, potentially another striker, and I think the main thing is to have a preseason more than even just signing players. I feel like if you can just have some time, you know, we've seen glimpses of what the players can do. And I feel like if he can sort of mould some of the players and sign some more of his kind of players, I can't see why not. We, we could definitely go for that top six. You know, I, I say the same thing when like, um, so Bielsa came to Leeds and Klopp came to Liverpool and uh, Guardiola came to Man City. Like the, the the one thing that they did was stuck by their principles no matter what happened and they they never changed which was quite important. I know like they's adapting is important but they didn't go away from their principles and I think that that's something that Gerard is going to stick with in terms of like attacking football. So yeah, I'd, I'd say it's tran transition at the moment. I feel like we've done well considering the circumstances we've been in this season. I feel like a lot of the players will settle. Like Leon Bailey, no one's really seen the best of him yet either. Mm. Uh, Luca Dean was a great signing. And obviously we've got Coutinho and hopefully we will get him on a permanent. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm optimistic. I feel like we can push for Europe next season, hopefully. Yeah, no, it's, it's really well put, Salam. And it's a, it's a good summary of Aston Villa this season, especially from what we've been talking about this season. And I smiled halfway through there um, when you said we have got some wealthy, ambitious owners because... 
Um, there's a player at Benfica called Darwin Nunes, who I've loved since I've seen him at yeah. Almera. Oh. So Salem sent a link on the group today yeah. on, our, on our group chat this week. He's like, oh, we may sign Darwin Nunes. And I just like, <laughs> I just got so angry. I was like, how dare Aston Villa sign him before Man United go to buy him? <laughs> Such a good player. And MJ mentioned Bissouma earlier as well. Bissouma's linked with a move to Aston Villa at the same time as Arsenal, respectively. Yeah. So Aston Villa's owners could go out and refresh some of these positions. They could improve on the likes of Nakamba, the likes of Ollie Watkins, even for some of these bigger uh, top talents that are looked at from Champions League, Europa League clubs by Aston Villa, because secretly that, they do have yeah. very good owners that will yeah, that's spend what the money. I would mention in terms of like the transfer transfers and stuff is that we, we're not just signing players before we just sign anybody and we just give them like 50 grand a week. And, you know, it, it didn't, didn't work out quite well. So a lot of research is going in and we're yeah. trying our best like, you know, we could have easily signed any defence midfielder, but the whole point they're making is that we would sign the right player yeah. because we've had too many mistakes in that area. We've got some good youth prospects coming through as well. I mean, we've seen Jacob Ramsey, uh, sort of, he's sort of coming back back up. A, a lot of these players are quite underrated, like not just at Villa, but even at other clubs. It's only Taps, like... The- Taps' reaction just made me laugh. I was like, oh, it's so good. It's so good the way he's a baller. He's a... He, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. But that's yeah. it. And the thing is, he's got a younger brother called Aaron Ramsey who's meant to be like even better. But, you know, a lot of people haven't heard of him. I heard I heard about that. And <laughs> to be honest, like Aston Villa, like Gerard's man management is very underrated. Like I've not seen any player, even Mings, sometimes looks like a, like a good defender. So I'm just like, yo, to be honest, Gerard has done a, a great job and getting Coutinho, getting this, pulling power. And with Aston Villa, as you said, wealthy owners, game plan, and Gerard over there, yeah, they will be making some noise next season. Gerard has some, also, has so some add one thing as well, though. Go for it. Just add one thing as well. Like Villa are like a big club as well. And me and on the Bull and Banter, we always talk about this year, like the difference between a big team and a big club. And Villa are a big club. They have history, they have tradition. And we always argue about how long does that history lasts for how long is it valid for and for me it's always valid oh yeah history yeah. never goes away it's happened yeah no agree. exactly you can't, you can't undo a big stadium you can't undo trophies nope. and stuff like that nope. so but yeah like you know there's talks about extending the stadium as well so so there's that you should, but, you, should. But, you, know, you know with these things like it's hard like the thing is people just want instant success like they just want to win the title yeah. tomorrow like but mm. it's not gonna happen like man city I know I'm going on a bit, but Man City, like when the, the new owners came in, they got Mark Hughes in first and then they signed players and they didn't win the title. And then, you know, then they went to Mancini and then eventually they won a title and then they fell off again. And, you know, these, these things take time. So to think about where we were back in the championship, we were like 15th, losing 3-0 to Wigan to where we are now. You know, if somebody told me that was going to happen in a few seasons, you know, I'd buy your hand off because at one point it looked like we were never going to get promoted again. Mm. So... There's been like a lot of like near moments and we've had quite a lot of luck, which I feel like we've deserved considering the stuff we've been through over the years with sort of mismanagement and sort of players not really caring. Like there was some, uh, an article saying like players would turn up like drunk to training and stuff like that. We just wouldn't mm. care and they just carry on. So to think we've refreshed the whole mindset, we are going in the right direction and you know, the only way is up now. And I just hope, you know, I get to see Villa do something in my lifetime now, get back <laughs> in those European places and hopefully win a trophy. Do you know a team that's not going in the right direction, Salim? Your team. Man United. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so how long, the how long have we got? How long have we got? We, this could be like a whole separate episode. Oh, my days. Man United versus Leicester on the weekend. Obviously, I'm going to be taking the ranks on 
Manchester United and what I've seen this season. My days, where do we begin? Where do we begin, Salim and MJ and, and Taps? Literally talking to all three of you at the beginning of the season. Oh, it's great to have Ronaldo back. It's fantastic to see him. Oh, I got to see him live. Got to see him score goals. My childhood here has come back home. A couple months later, what's happened? What, we're out of the top four race. We're out of all the trophies. Haven't done anything. Our captain's getting booed at England games. Our national hero is no longer a hero because he can't put a shift in. As a sub, apparently wants to leave. Our left back is saying, oh, yeah, I prefer playing for England than for Man United. And that's just the players. The Glazers are still taking money out the club. They haven't promised what they said after the Super League debacle as well. Um, the manager situation is up in the air. We don't know which manager we want from a, a list of five. One of them's already ruled himself out. The Sevilla manager that like, now nah, I'm good in Sevilla. Don't want to come to Manchester United. And that says a lot. It says a lot. He's a good manager as well. Um, Luis Enrique won't come because I think he's too good for us at the moment in time. The culture does need to reset. The stadium does need to be redeveloped. I don't think it's a stadium where you can just develop it. I do think I'm, I'm in the minority here, guys. I think it's literally at Old Trafford. You do have to kind of smash it down and bring it back up again, like the Juventus Stadium or something brand new because that stadium is creaking. You're seeing drips from, of rain from like two days before coming onto the pitch. It's embarrassing. Man United are not a big team anymore. We're still one of the biggest clubs in the world, but we're not a big team. It's not great. It's embarrassing week in, week out. It's embarrassing when I do my little match day vlogs and I'm just there like, oh yeah, we're going to win. We're going to do this. We don't do this at all. We don't do it at all. We lose to Atletico Madrid, lose to Wolverhampton Wanderers at home. Four points taken from Watford as well. It's not Ralph mm. Ragnick's fault at all for being an interim manager, but the players just have no respect for the fans. They have no respect for the manager, for the coaches. They threw Ole Gunnar Solskjaer under the bus. It's been an embarrassing season, guys. Honestly, and for you guys as like rival fans as well, laughing it up, I don't blame you at all. Because Man United fans over the years have been the ones laughing it up for years. And we're nearly 10 years without a Premier League trophy. We're like five years without an actual trophy. And we're getting worse. We're paying more. We're trying to get Luke Shaw a contract extension. For what? He hasn't done anything. He wants to leave, man. He doesn't like playing for us. And we're going to be like, oh, yeah, he's a core member of our squad. He's only had one good season in the six or seven years he's been here. It's an embarrassing state of play at Manchester United. F all day, every day. You're getting an F Man United from me. Don't get me wrong. I love going to the games. I love the atmosphere and I love going with friends and family. But I can't believe the best atmosphere I've been to this season, the best game I've been to at Old Trafford this season is Atalanta or Newcastle or Villarreal. I'm like, oh, wow, we're beating these teams that we're expected to beat. And we're losing to teams we shouldn't be losing to. And we don't put fights up in big games. It's embarrassing. Again, apart from Arsenal, obviously, Taps. I have to say that. Of course. That's the, that's we'll, the always one give, we'll, we'll always give you the picture at Old Trafford. Yeah, it's true. It, I, we got one good part of the season that was beating Arsenal and then beating Spurs at Old Trafford as well. Mm. But no, mm. guys, it's just one of those things that I had to say. It's not been a great season. I was kind of glad we had that two-week international break. Didn't have to watch Man United ruin my weekend as they tend to do as well. Spent enough money on them this season as well. God damn. Um, but no, Man United... They need a cultural reset. We say this every year, but we know it's not going to happen. The Glazers are still in charge. Uh, the, the wrong people are in the boardroom as well. They're getting influenced too easily by these former Man United players in the media. They should buy this player. They should look at this player. They should be going for this kind of person in the thing. I, for the life of me, I, I did not see what was wrong with Antonio Conte as a temporary manager for two years. I did not see what was wrong with him. If he plays a 5-3-2, 5-2-3, whatever it is, something different, and we don't have to play attacking football all the time. 
we had to be solid at the back because we were conceding, what, five against Liverpool, four against Watford, getting outplayed by Man City at the time. Conte would have been much better for a two-year period than going for someone that we may not even get. Ten Hag may be tempted away to the Bundesliga as well. But yeah, mm-hmm. F for Man United. Tap. Yeah, go point. on, tell him. Go on, go on tell him. I'll just make a point whereby you say all this stuff, but at the end of the day, they've spent as much money as Man City have sort of post And I've agreed. I've agreed with that every time you said it because we've been spending wildly embarrassing yeah. Embarrassing from the club. Any team, any team in any window, right? Obviously, I'm not saying like some League Two team, but any sort of mm. top six Premier League team that signs Jaden Sancho, Varane and Ronaldo in one transfer window can't be that far off a title chase. You know, any good team that signs them three players. And, you know, you've got £80 million Maguire as well there. So I feel like, I feel like, Everyone says all this thing about, I know you understand the Glazer situation and there's obviously the problem with them and stuff, but they have backs, they have back managers and they have spent big money. So I think it's so, maybe you've signed the wrong profile of players at times. Like 100%. When we had had Sir Alex Ferguson, we would never sign established players. We'd sign the kind of players that Liverpool signed, like the Luis Diaz's, the Mane's, the Salah's in terms of, they're not quite there yet at world class, but they'll be developed into world class. On the cusp. On the cusp, exactly. Arsenal are following that tactic now as well in mm-hmm. terms of their signings. And uh, Tomo Yasu, I think, has been one of the best signings of the season. Ramsdale, like Taps has said earlier as well, they're the kind of players that can improve to these levels as well, which is great. Man United are signing some of these ready-made players, minus probably Sancho, I would say. And probably some of the others weren't good enough a couple of years ago. But the profile player that Solskjaer was signing, they were the ones to try and develop. It's just he couldn't develop Wan-Bissaka or Maguire further or um, Dan James even as well. Just wasn't the case for him. See, like I, I just feel like these players are a not good enough, and b I, I just can't see how United can become a team that's going to win the title again. Like you can get Ten Hag in tomorrow. You know, you've tried it with Mourinho, who was you know top a top three coach, world like manager at the time. You're going to yeah. get Ten Hag in, and then it's just going to be you know he might sign a few good players, and then I just reckon this whole cycle just going to happen all over again, and then the fans will turn on him. And then they'll sort of direct the anger to the board. He'll end up getting like sacked or something. And then he'll bring like some other interim in. I don't know who's going to be next time. It was Ollie last time. We did a good mm. job considering where he took them from to where he got them to. But mm. who's it going to be like next time? Because the, the players sort of have no respect at all. So it's just going to be someone else. And we're just going to keep going. So until there's like a genuine clear out. And maybe United just need to reset and be, you know, like, I wouldn't say like a mid-table team, but, you know, if you look at Liverpool before Klopp came in, they weren't, well, I know, I know Brendan <laughs> did a fairly decent job, but they weren't that good. No, so maybe like that. No, 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 true. And um, just like, to be honest, I think Man United, as you said, a reset mode, Man United just need to do a mass clear out and then just say, you know what, as you said, Brighton played lovely football, attractive football. Graham Potter. Just come up. Might not be the highest on your list, but he has his own style of football and it looks like it can work. So if you give him money and you know what they should do? Everyone, give him the money, let him do his work. Like when you were talking about Juan Bissak and all those things, they were signed because, as you said, like Gary Neville, real Ferdinand said, Juan Bissak, a Man United have to sign him. And then it kind of was kind of put on the table and then the fans were like, yeah, you know what? We need to sign Juan Bissaka. We need to sign Luke Shaw. We need to sign ABC. The best recent signing of United, to be honest, apart from, I would say, well, Ronaldo, Ronaldo, he'll get you the goals, was Bruno. Mm. Pogba, to be honest, mm. has been down hard and cold. You can see whatever it was. Pogba has been 
we need more. So Graham Potter would be like, hey, listen here, we back him. If he says you're out, you're out. And then it comes to some of the other players like Shaw and all those people. No team is going to pick them up. So you let them know you're on your last leg. <laughs> you're going to go to Everton. You're going to go to Newcastle. No, well, not Newcastle. <laughs> not Newcastle. We'll talk about them in a bit. Yeah. You're going to go to Norwich because no other team, you're going to go to Getafe, no other the main teams because you cannot make it work at Man United. And then trust in the youth. Look at Elanga. Elanga has been one of the best signings ever. Mm. If Shaw, like Tellus and Shaw, like Tellus is good for the uh, like set pieces and everything. But to be honest, getting the youth boys right now, like get somebody in right now, like as ASAP, let them know this is the person for the season so that they can make their plans next season. Tell all the players you have about 10, nine games to show us that you're worthy of the badge. If not, we're literally going to sell you for cut price. Mm. And you're united. You have enough money to cut losses, invest low. Like, as you see, Alex Ferguson, he'll buy G-Sum Park. He'll buy those sort of players. You'll be like, who's this? And then they become so important. Get a manager like that, like part of be like, okay, we're going to give you this amount of money. He's going to get boosted, first of all. Yeah. That's what he's going to do. And then, you know what, just moving on. But to be honest, as you guys said, they need a reset. A manager right now and all the players... Just tell them right now, hey guys, you guys got nine games, ten games to save to save your Man United and your rich careers because they're getting a lot of money. Yeah, no, just to just to add on to that, I, I definitely agree with the boys there, Taps and Sal. Like, you definitely do need a whole new reset. But the thing is, as well, whatever manager you get, even if it's ten hard, you need to give them at least four years to even get United back up yeah. towards challenging again. You can't be like second manager after two, three years. Like you see how he plays at Ajax, don't expect him to come to Man United and start playing possession football because that's not going to work. Don't have the place given time. No, he doesn't have the players for it. Seriously, mm-hmm. it's going to take a long. It's going to take a while. And yeah, whatever decision your board make, I don't know who makes the decisions at your board. Maybe that's another another question. And maybe do you need a director of football? That's that's a whole other topic as well. But do you know that? Do you know that uh, bit in Toy Story when like Woody asked the eight ball what to do about Buzz? That's what they do in the board. They ask an eight ball, and then they're, they're like, <laughs> "Should I sign this person?" It's like, don't count on it. No, it's like that. That's what they do. They, they That's what it random. seems. They do so it many seems random, random, random man. So much like it's just a it random just seems thing. so... Everything about the, the club is disjointed from the board downwards, even on the pitch. And yeah. that's one of the main things you don't. When I watch United, it doesn't seem like they have any structure. They're not sure what to do. Do they press? They don't press. Do they drop off and play low block? Not really. What do they really do? I don't really know. The other thing is they've got, they've got good individual uh, talents and players that can just score a goal or drag the team. We are officially the number one followed uh, football club in the world on TikTok. So that's our, that's our highlight for the season, which I will mm-hmm. not claim because I don't use TikTok. But the Man United, the Man United social team want to promote that as much as possible. But we're going to move on from Man United. Salim, I know you have to leave in a bit, so I'll let you finish off with your review of Leicester City for the season. What's your rating of them? And did you really think that um, Jamie Vardy's on his last legs as well? Because we, we haven't really mentioned him as much this season in terms of for Leicester City. I know he's had injuries. I know they've gone to the Conference League and stuff. Madison really hasn't been here or there like he was last season. But what's your thoughts on Leicester City and Brendan Rodgers this season, Salah? Yeah, I feel like they're in that situation that Leeds are in and quite a few other clubs in the sense that they're in that burnout sort of phase where they need just like a year of so stability yeah. and go firing again next year. I feel like they've got some really good players. You know, Wesley Fofana, somebody that's been injured, is somebody I rate really highly. They've still got Madison there and, you know, they've a couple of other players too. I feel like it has been tough for them considering how decent of a last couple of seasons they've had. They've, they've always missed out in that top four 
you know, unluckily just at the end kind of thing. Yeah. I feel like Leicester, I think it'd probably be a, be a mistake to sack Brendan. I feel like he needs next season. He's going for goodwill for that. Jamie Vardy's had injury problems. He is getting older, but I still think there's a player there. I still think he's got another season in him at least. Yeah. But yeah, I just feel like this is just one of those seasons for them where the fans just, you know, just like count it as a write-off and hopefully they can just get something decent within top 10, top 12, and then hopefully they can get some players back and they can make a few good signings and then go again next year. Definitely. For the, the they're a decent shout for um, Conference League, though. Yeah, I'd like to yeah. see them versus Roma in the final. That would be great. Mm. Brent Rogers versus Mourinho, his old master. Mm. That would be fun. Mm. Yeah, good shout there. It would be good to see that. Um, but no, Salim, I know you have to uh, drop in a bit, but um, it's good to see you again, Salim, and hopefully I'll get to see you uh, during Ramadan, actually. Uh, if you do go to dinner, it'll be good to see. But if not, I'll see you after, which would be good, Salim. Yeah, no, it was a pleasure to meet uh, all three of you today, actually. And yeah, hopefully we could you know meet up sometime soon. But yeah, take care, guys. Nice to meet you, Sal. Thank you. Go on, bye. Right, we're on the final 10 minutes. We're going to go for a quick fire one because there's only one team from these last six I want to talk about, and that's Arsenal, to be fair, because the rest of them are kind of good, <laughs> but they're irrelevant in what we've been talking about. West Ham taps. Rating and your review. Go for it. What are you going to say? Rating, I would give them an A because I never... I. It's always, oh, they might be at the cusp, but to be honest, they've been doing it. Rice, Antonio... Um, Suchek and everybody else, all their big, their uh, big teams. Yeah. Big players, so sorry. The big players have been performing. And all the standout players and to be honest, all the attacking players have put in shifts. Like Fornals had a purple patch. Uh, in. And all that. So to be honest, I give them a, I give them a, <laughs> I give them a, I give them a uh, you I, say Ben Rama is one of the most underrated ballers? Oh, yeah, Ben Rama. One of the oh, most underrated. He, mm. He's so talented. He just, I think he just needed a couple of seasons. I think next season, that's when he's going to, he's going to flourish. Yes. But he just needed a couple of seasons just to kind of get the price tag, get all the hype because there was a period of time he was supposed to be going to bigger teams off his back. And to be, and like, they just, they just need to like take one game at a time, just one game at a time. And, to, and they could make some noise, definitely another Europe position, but I give them an A. I like the way they look. I like the players. I like the hunger. Don't, I just think they just need to develop the players, not get marquee signings that don't make sense. Definitely. I think the only real thing mm. is probably just to get maybe a good striker just to kind of back up Antonio. Because I, I think Antonio is a good striker, but as a number one to get you 30 goals a season, he can't do it. Mm-hmm. So we get splash cash, get a big name striker, retain the players and then get some of the youth boys because, you know, they have a good academy still going. They still have a lot of good young players coming up. Yeah, to be honest, I like the way they look. I like everything about them. I give them a good, uh, a good A. And uh, it might go to A star. We'll see how the next games go. But we'll see how they finish in the Europa League as well. Oh, yeah. MJ, talk to me about Everton. Yep. Do you want them to go down? Personally, I want them to go down. It would be good to see Frank Lampard get relegated as a manager. <laughs> uh, they have had the worst signings of the season. Delhi Ali is probably the worst signing I've seen this season. £40 million. And he still doesn't want to play. Doesn't want to settle in. Doesn't want to learn a new system and a new position under uh, Frank Lampard. But what would you talk about, What would you talk about Everton in a positive light this season? Because they haven't had many this season, to be fair. Calvin Lewin. Probably their positive, yeah. Positive, probably one of their shots with Charleston. I think them two are... They're, Good strikers, Premier League level strikers. Anthony Gordon think, emerging properly in the first team has been very good. Yeah, I would say. yeah, I'll, I'll agree with you on that as well. Um, I think those are their three shining lights. 
I think, you know what, yeah, I think the bottom three as they are, I think they're going to go down how they are. I think Everton will stay up by the skin of their teeth. Mm. Um, but, you know, Everton's a weird one because when you look at their team and you see how much money they've spent, they've spent money on that Mina, they've spent money on Richarlison, they've spent money. But when you look through the squad, you, need, you still need to spend another 200 mil to even get towards that mid-table de Prem. Yeah. Like, it's a weird it's like situation. It's randomizer thing as well. You're spending <laughs> random people as well on their Yeah, they're spending money on random people, like a Wobie and, mm. you know, they spent a lot of money on... That 40 million for a Wobie paid off against Newcastle that game, that 97th minute winner. They it finally did. got it the did. money back for the vibes and breaking Lampard's hand as well, which is great. Exactly. <laughs> um, but no, personally, I've got no beef with Everton. Um, mm. They're a good, again, they're a traditional club in England, one of the good big family teams. Five. Yeah, family side, exactly. And uh, yeah, I think that if they can stay up this year, then I think they can crack on. But yeah, they've definitely got a lot of what to do with their squad. Seriously. Um, yeah. As if that's a good rating, E? E. E for Everton. Yeah, E for Everton. Definitely. <laughs> right. We've got Tottenham versus Newcastle on Sunday as well. Tottenham, I'm going to speak about because I know you guys could go on all day about Tottenham. Obviously, it's something that we're not going to do. Tottenham are just one of those, again, going through the motions, another change of manager. It's that Daniel Levi cycle that's what like we've seen before. Back a manager at the beginning of the season, sack him after a couple of a uh, couple of months, not really settling with the team. The players aren't really buying into him. God knows why. They've not achieved anything. So why would they not want to buy into a new manager? They buy into Antonio Conte's system. A lot of these players aren't good enough. Conte goes in thinking, oh, yeah, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do well. He's not doing well. Sad to see. Um, they're out of, all, they're out of all of their competitions again. No trophies for Spurs. But there's always hope if Conte stays beyond his two, three years that he normally does. But I do believe it's time for Harry Kane to move on. I think you guys probably agree. Once he oh, yeah. too many, I think he should have mm-hmm. left last season. No mm-hmm. way No way. he should be still at Tottenham Hotspur. I'm going to give it Tottenham Hotspur. Too, too good. Son as well. Um, yeah, but I don't like Son. Son diving against uh, West Ham that day when the ball hit him, Rivaldo style, embarrassing. Yeah, no, nah, Son's got that in his locker, isn't it? Yeah, he, he, oh, he yeah. goes across as a nice guy, but it's not. He's not a nice guy at all. He's learned that from his Mourinho days as well. Give him a on a sad note, yeah, I love uh, what um, when Oli was manager of United. I love that thing he said about if that was my son, I would have fed him. Yeah, he's got no food, no food to yeah. him tonight. He's poor love guy, it. definitely. Uh, D, giving Tottenham a D this season, mm. right? Taps, Newcastle United. Talk to me. Um, I'll give them, I'll give them, to be honest, I'll give them a C. I expected so much better of the original squad. Mm. They had veteran players. Uh, when Willock went over there, I thought it was his time, him and Almiron, this was their time to like shine and show what they're capable of. I have but- to say, I think Willock has been probably the worst signing of the season. Because last yeah. season, he was on fire when he was on loan. Oh my barely features and he hasn't developed this new style of play, especially under Eddie Howe. Mm. It's not been great because Joel Linton's taken his place as that attack. Imagine that. Mm. Joel Linton is now looking good. He's, He's now looking, looking really mm. good under Eddie mm. Howe. Willick's like, just in the shadows right? now. Mm. So yeah, to be honest, um uh everything uh I'll just give out yeah, to be honest, I expected so much more of them. I expected um Wilson, they've had trouble with injuries and everything. They got the cash cow and everything, which is really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, so they set up good for next season, even with like the players they bought, like Wood and everything. Those are proven Premier League players. You add some marquee signings around the Pauletta, obviously, they're moving forward. Yes. So, but to be honest, expected so much more of them. You know, St. Maximum again has shown uh, sparkles, but just like Adama, we need more end product. But, you know, he can make stuff happen. So, 
you know, with the attackers they have and the defense and the squad they had, it so much better. But they could set up. They got the cash cow. It's all about next season. It's all about surviving and getting to next season. So I'll just give them, I'll give them average seed there, right? Yeah, they've survived from what they had a really poor start before the cash came in and they changed their squad around completely. Got a lot more Premier League experience as general as well, which is great to see um, as well from Newcastle. I wanted Newcastle to go down. I wouldn't lie to you guys. I wanted them to go down. It would have been good to see a big team like that go down, but they're here to stay for the long run as well, yeah. unfortunately. Crystal Palace versus Arsenal was the last game of the weekend. Crystal Palace under Patrick Vieira. MJ, talk to me about how he's kind of revitalised that side at, um, down in South London. Yeah, he's a... Had a big clear out in the summer. Uh, brought their average age of the squad down. Got lots of good young players there. To be honest, I like what I see from Palace. Uh, not just because it's uh, Vieira, but obviously that helps a bit. Yes. Uh, but now, when you see like Elise and Zaha and Mitchell Mark and Gray, all getting the English squad, yeah, Anderson, Joachim Hamilton, yeah, really? yeah, and, they, and they've got three players from the English squad recently, so they're doing really well. Palace, you know. Uh, yeah. If I was going to rate them, I'll give them a C. Uh, they're much better to watch under Vieira compared to Hodgson. They don't just sit back and try and hit you in the counter. They actually try and play a bit of football. And I think they're the only team that's um, played City twice and not conceded a goal. Yeah. You can tell they're no longer a one-man team under Wilfred Zaha. Just get the ball team no. on the wing. And mm-hmm. it's looking great. Conor Gallagher's been flourishing all mm-hmm. season. Gallagher, I forgot him. Yeah, great player. Yeah, oh, like you said, one of the players in the England squad as well. So it's been mm-hmm. great to see him play. Um, I, I just hope he doesn't go to Chelsea again. I know he's on loan oh, Chelsea. He's on loan from want, Chelsea, yeah. I don't want him to be just one of these players because I've said it all the time about Chelsea. Some of these players can be stars in different teams. If Hudson Odoi would have left last season, he would have been a star right now in European football. But uh, mm-hmm. Abraham's done it, Tomori's done it, Gallagher's kind of doing it in a way. It'd be great to see some of these players go um, abroad from Chelsea and just flourish under different systems as well. Yeah, right. I agree with you on that one. Right. We've got Arsenal. Who wants to take this one? MJ Taps, going to finish off himself. Go on, Taps. My boys, Odegaard, mm-hmm. Saka, the young boys are doing it well. I wanted to see, to be honest, I want to see, I don't like Arteta because um, the one thing, I, I love Arteta, but the one thing I don't like about Arteta is that he waits too long for subs. Pepe has been playing good form. Give him an extra 10, 15 minutes. Lacazette looks tired. Some of the boys get tired around that time. So... I like the way it's going. The defense, for, for finally, I can say we have a good defense. Mm-hmm. But we just, we, we, we just need to see it through. Like I said, just needs to find his scoring touch, and then it's all good. But to be honest, I think we, we have a mentality. We're taking it one game at a time. The next game, every game is a final. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we just win there. doesn't matter about form. doesn't matter what. It's just the other team. And Odegaard finally settled in a team. He's showing his quality. Martinelli is getting a run. He's showing his quality. Saka, we know his, his quality. So to be honest, unless Shaka just needs to keep his head on straight and then everything is good. Yeah. And But to be honest, it looks like it's going to go in. So I think we might hold on to that fourth position. And Ace, I'll give us an A. I'll give us an A. And I would say... I'll, yeah, I'll give us an A. And I would say, to be honest, we're looking good for next season. We just need to assess all the lone players. I think Induzi and Saliba and Torreira should come back. The rest, it is what it is. But those have shown their internationals. They have been playing good form. Integrate them in, into the squad. And if you need, we just need to buy one good striker and maybe invest in a youth striker plus Lacazette, then I think we're really making noise. But I'll give them an A. 
Um, buy Marshall off us, please. We'll, we'll take it. We'll take cash in hand. We'll take cash in hand. We'll take cash in hand. Don't worry. We'll take cash in hand. For his speediness, but to be honest, Marshall. Yeah, he's done. Oh, he's done. Marshall. Even to be Sevilla honest, are done with him. The admins are, are loving him, but the fans are just done with him after what two months as well. Take Marcel off our hands. Yeah. You can take him. Yeah. Either either young striker, don't you guys? Back up. Yeah. To, back up to Lacazette. Yeah, if you don't mind, let's quickly jump in just one second. Go for it. Uh, also, as well, yeah, um, I'm, I wouldn't be against giving like like I said, an extra year or two years that we could just buy one striker that we can mm-hmm. focus again another midfield partner for Partey yeah. and maybe a, uh, a secondary right back and get to sell and sell Cedric. But bar that, yeah, I'll give Arsenal currently. I'll give them a B because I think right now we're playing at max and I don't think we can do much better than what we're doing at the moment. As you can see, the team and club are a lot more unified. So, yeah, we just hope we can hold them to fourth. But I'm still, maybe this is the Arsenal in me that's been, like, you know, hurt by the previous 10, 15 years, but I'm still worried about Tottenham and I'm still worried about United. Definitely. Now, for me to finish off on Arsenal, I personally have to say uh, the mental strength and the resilience of Bukayo Saka since missing that mm. penalty against Italy last oh, yeah. summer to come back the way that he has done, then having a quite a bad start from, like, uh, August to December respectively and then him having that mental strength to come back personally himself and kind of become a young leader in this team which you've seen on the pitch and off the pitch mm-hmm. for Arsenal is somewhat inspiring and seeing how Bukayo Saka is as a, as a man, as a player you, you forget it's still a boy, I keep saying man is mm-hmm. a boy still, mm-hmm. the fact that he's a, he's a boy in a man's shoes for Arsenal he's playing with his heart on the sleeve every game, Smith Rowe as well, again academy boys but more so Saka, the fact that he's had that mental resilience to come back from such a traumatic experience after missing not just the penalty, but suffering all of that hate, that racial hate in the summer. Mm. Um, you can only tip your hat off to him. And I think he's been one of the best players, best young players I've seen this season in the Premier League. And I stand oh, yeah. by that. And I think he's a fantastic player and a good benchmark for Arsenal players coming in um, over the next couple of years as well from the academy and from mm. outside to really mm. aspire to look up to as well. Really well done. Definitely. He's a good shout for a young player of the year. I would oh, yeah. give it to him. I know people mm. have been talking about Foden and stuff, but I think Bukayo Saka nah. like individual is much better. And brought I think Saka's outshone him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I would say so as well, definitely. Um, but yeah, that's, that's all of the games that we have for this weekend as well, guys. Thank you very much for joining us for our little player, ra- uh, player ratings, team ratings. We've, this one hour has just messed us all up, I swear. <laughs> everything, everything, what we need to say and everything, which is great. But um, just before I wrap it up, little announcement from MJ and myself. Um, we are going to hopefully meet this summer um, in, mm-hmm. in London. So, MJ, what do you remember of what I've told you so far of what we're going to do in the summer, if you remember at all? Unless you haven't deleted yeah, well, the messages or anything. No, 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 no. I haven't deleted the messages. Obviously, I know one day in the summer when it should be nice and warm, hopefully we're going to kick some ball, you know, try and do some crossbar challenge. So to all our listeners as well, stay tuned for that in the summer. You will see um, some clips of it on probably our Instagram, maybe Twitter as well, but you'll definitely, and probably our YouTube as well, to be fair. So yeah, just keep an eye out. We'll announce uh, when anything happens. So yeah, keep peeled in the summer. Definitely. Now it's going to be good. And it's going to be good to see um, a couple of the guys that we've been doing the podcast with over the summer in different collaborations, featuring on different Mm. episodes and stuff. And I'm looking forward to this personally, because I know for a fact there's no European tournament or World Cup tournament. We need to find our own entertainment, which isn't just talking. Exactly. Meet in person. Having a laugh and seeing who can hit the crossbar, who can do some nice little volleys, who can recreate some mm-hmm. iconic Premier League goals. Got all the mm-hmm. time in the world to decide what we want to do on that time as well. But it's going to Definitely. be good. 
And I, I know... think my training starting soon as well, though, because man's a bit rusty at the moment. What, watch me every Friday on IG Live, and you'll see me training. I say every okay. Friday, literally. Yeah, I'm, yeah. To, yeah I'm, I'm down to finish now as well, so I'm not going to be doing it during Ramadan. So it's just probably tomorrow. Mm. And when to, it's out, this podcast is out on the Friday, but um, mm. as I'm speaking, it'll be out on the Friday as well. Um, mm. But yeah, guys, thank you very much for listening. Everyone, thanks very much for coming onto the show. Taps, I know you had a, a little message you wanted to say before we wrap up. So by all means, go for it. All right, guys. Thank you. Um, we have some exciting news at Varchek. You know, Vibes FC is coming out. So when they have their, when they do the little kickabout, they do the kickabout and everything. You guys have to do recreate goals because I want to see the Burkham go recreated. That's all I'm going to say. Which one? Yeah. The one that's the Newcastle. The Newcastle one. Or the last oh, one. So yeah, we have Vibes FC that's coming out. It's jerseys. It's a jersey line. So just stay tuned for that. We have different colorways. Everything is is gonna be uh, televised. I'll say I'll say it's gonna be televised. It's gonna be televised. Check our socials. A um, lot of collaborations coming. So right now it's just gonna be. I'm just gonna leave it as hashtag Vibes FC. And over the next few weeks, you guys will know what we're talking about. The streets will never forget. That's all I'm going to say. That's <laughs> what I'm going to say. The streets never forget and Vibes FC. That's what's happening. That's it. That's all we need to say. MJ, any closing messages before we wrap up? No, apart from just thanks for having me on. And to listeners, obviously, if you've got time, check us out, uh, Ball and Banter. That's our handle on everything. Take a listen to our podcast. Hopefully you enjoy. Listen to their free agents one. It was, it was slightly different to ours when hmm. we did ours, but they want into a proper debate. So it's quite fun listening yeah. to that back as well, yeah. which is quite fun as well. Um, but no, everyone listening, thank you very much for listening. Enjoy your Ramadan if you are celebrating it. Um, we'll be back with fresh episodes after like five weeks or so. We've got a brand new mini series for you guys coming up. It's called My Football Villain. So mm. we've interviewed a couple of people, including MJ, um, yes. about their footballing villains as well. So we're looking forward mm. to hearing your thoughts on our Ramadan series coming up. Enjoy the business end of the season. I'll be enjoying... Um, a week away in Miami, so which will be fun. Enjoy. I'll, I'll, yeah. be enjoy. I'll be enjoying a week away in Miami at Inter Miami Football Club, which you can all see me there as well, which would be great. But most of the time I'll be fasting and just be looking at new ways of developing uh, the podcast for the summer and, and the year ahead. Follow our new mental health podcast, The Beautiful Mind Game, with myself and Millie. It'll be great to listen to your feedback as well. Like you have done great with um, with all of our podcasts. To be fair, I love the feedback we get from different people, which is great. Everyone take care. Good evening, good day, and goodbye. See you later.